from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 572, Managing SQL Server Using DBA Tools with guest Rob Sewell, recorded Monday, January 8th, 2018. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio, racing into 2018. Of course, when this show publishes, it's already February, but we recorded earlier than that because it wouldn't work the other way around. My guest today is Rob Sewell, who is a SQL Server DBA with a passion for PowerShell, Azure, Automation, and SQL. He's an officer of the past PowerShell Virtual Chapter and has spoken and volunteered at many events. He's a member of the committees that organize SQL Saturday Exeter, PS Day UK, and also the European PowerShell Conference. And he's a proud supporter of SQL and PowerShell communities and open source PowerShell and SQL projects, an evangelist and contributor to DBA Tools, founder of DBA Reports, SQL Diag API, and a contributor to Open Query Store. He relishes sharing and learning can be found doing both via Twitter and his blog. He spends most of his time looking at a screen and loves to solve problems. He knows that looking at the screen so much is bad for him because his wife tells him so. Thus, you can find him on the cricket field in the summer and flying a drone. In the winter, he also has a fabulous beard. In fact, his Twitter handle is SQLDBA with beard. It also works for his blog when you stick a dot com on the end. And having seen the headshot, sir, I have to tell my artist when they pixelate your headshot to make sure the beard comes through very clearly in 8-bit, because <laughs> it is a fabulous beard. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and thanks so much for coming on the show. I can't believe I know nothing about DBA tools. I'm totally blindsided this. It makes sense that this exists, because Microsoft just, at least the SQL team, just doesn't seem to be able to figure it out. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? That's not right. You did say that out loud. So the question was, why have you not heard about DBA tools? Yeah, I guess that is a question because it's an interesting sort of reality as I've looked at continuous integration deployment around databases that you still find yourself writing DML to control SQL Server in these sorts of models. Most DBAs I know write a lot of scripts by hand, or they use Redgate's tools or something that they're not speaking PowerShell. PowerShell and SQL Server just don't seem to get along that well. No, and I think there's a very good reason for that. And I think it goes back to the fact that Microsoft, until about two years ago, haven't really give SQL Server and PowerShell a lot of love. So there were less than 50 PowerShell commands for SQL Server. Right. And there were all sorts of errors. You know, you go and import the module SQL PS and it would take ages and it would change your path and it would give you this thing about you're using unsupported verbs. People would look at that and go, oh, well, that must be wrong and I, I don't want to use it. And there were a lot of commands that, that weren't available. And Microsoft then did give it some love and they, they have now got 19, I think 98 or 99 commands in the SQL Server module. It's available in the PowerShell gallery and there is development and they, they really are listening to all sorts of feedback from all sorts of people. And they fixed those errors about changing the path and taking too long to import. But Chrissy Lemaire is a, an amazing bundle of energy and she started with a bunch of scripts for migrating SQL Server. She was looking after SharePoint farms and she was upgrading from, from versions to versions and needed to 
copy databases and copy agent jobs and copy users and logins and you know all the things you need to do when you migrate from one instance to another right and she had a big a big long script that was start sql db migration and then she got talking to people and somebody said well let's you know create a module so she started off she turned it into a into a proper module and then started getting people involved and i was one of the the early people to get involved and now just before the end of this year there are now 100 contributors we're open sourced on GitHub. We have 350 plus commands. Nice. So I'll repeat, SQL Server from Microsoft has 99 commands. Yes. DBA tools is over 350. I think there's more of you working on it than there is at Microsoft. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the team of team that's there at Microsoft um, who are amazing and wonderful and do, do great things. There aren't that many of them, and they're also they're committed to making sure other things work. You sure, know, like management studio, like operation studio, like the new CLIs that are coming through. They've mm -hmm. got all sorts of objectives pulling them this way and that way. And we enable people to develop their careers with PowerShell coding. Absolutely, if you want to be a you know get into PowerShell coding deep, then you can come and write code and and have it code reviewed and go through that process. But also continuous integration and testing and mm -hmm. documentation and all of those good things so before a command will make it into dba tools it will have to have been code reviewed by a senior member of the team it will have to go through a set of testing so we use pester which is the powershell testing framework indeed and we spin up using appvare to SQL instances and we run the commands and we make sure we're getting back what we, we expect to get. Go through all of that and then we will deploy it to the PowerShell gallery and make it available for people. And as with all the good CI sort of processes, it means we can respond quickly to any bugs or any improvements. In fact, less than an hour ago, we'd found a bug in some code and I jumped into the Slack channel and said, hey, I've got this. Is it me or is it something weird? And one of the guys said, oh, yes, I'm just working on that. Can you test this branch, please? Nice. Test a new branch, run the commands again. Yeah, that's great. I've got no errors now. Brilliant. Great. We'll put it through. It went through AppVare. And just before this call started, I had an email from AppVare saying, yep, all the tests have passed. And now it'll be on its way into the PowerShell gallery and be available for everybody. So it's a, it's a good example of how... All of us, I mean, uh, Chrissy and I and a lot of the others had, had no knowledge of continuous integration, of unit testing, integration testing, and all of these good things two years ago. And now we live it and do it. And it means that, you know, for me professionally, that now becomes something that's part of my, my professional career as well as part of my community work. Now, is this only available for the latest versions of SQL Server? How, what are the sort of minimum requirements? So, as you can imagine, it started from a migration project right and you know unfortunately you can create a virtual machine that will have powershell on it it can't have sql server 6.5 on it right or you can create a server that has sql server 6.5 on it but you can't put powershell on it so that's sort of the line <laughs> we can't support powershell 6.5 but we can support everything from SQL 2000 all the way up to SQL vNext. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, SQL 2000, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, you know? Uh, yes. Yep. It's time. <laughs> it, I, it is. And they still go to places where it's, it's there in production. There's still people using it. There's still people who want to interact with it with PowerShell. So mm -hmm. we do mm -hmm. our best. And obviously some things won't work. You know, my favorite little joke is, you know, we can't get you the availability groups on a SQL 2000 instance, unfortunately. Oddly enough. <laughs> 
But everything that's available on there, then we, we aim to support from SQL 2000 right the way to the VNX. And that includes SQL on Linux as well. Interesting, of course, because PowerShell is now available for Linux. So why wouldn't you? SQL Server is now available on, on Linux. There is that bit of craziness too. Let's... That is the beauty. Yeah. Well, and, and I like, you're interesting to see this emphasis on migration because arguably the most difficult one-way behavior that a DBA has in their life is moving from version to version of SQL Server and now possibly across platforms as well, which and I think part of it is because it is so difficult. So the idea that you would start building tools to just make migrations less painful, more reliable, that's that's interesting to me. So when we say we make them easier, we can migrate everything from one instance to another instance with one line of code. I think I don't know that I believe you, Rob. One line of code seems crazy. That's that's madness. It, it is absolutely. I bet there's a few command line switches on it. I'm just guessing. Start DBA migration dash source server dash destination server dash backup path backup and restore would be all you would need to take everything. That's bringing across all the credentials or certainly the entire database and the schema and and so forth. The big one always is credential problems, right? Account problems credentials, agent jobs, mm -hmm. proxies, schedules, users, logins, uh, extended events. I, I can literally, I can't remember all of the things that, that it does. There are dozens and dozens. The number of things that, that can be moved across your SB configure. Mm -hmm. So you've got your instances set up in a certain way with, with all the configuration items you've set up. Right. So we'll copy all of those across to the other server. All your audits, your audit specifications, your triggers, your extended events, your endpoints, your database mail settings, your assembly. You, you can see it just carries on and on and on. Now, should you expect this to work the first time you run it? Or is this something you're going to spend time with doing multiple times until you get it right? With everything that you do, when you do something like migrations, you're, you're going to want to test it. Sure. And test it and test it. And sometimes you're going to want to do things in, in a different way. So sometimes you might copy your instances across, but... Maybe we don't need all of these logins or right. maybe we, we're setting the agent jobs up in a different way or maybe we don't want to do a backup and restore of the databases because we want to have a little bit more control as to when we switch over. So we're going to restore our full backups in a, in a different way, leave them in no recovery, ready to reduce our amount of downtime. Mm -hmm. And the switches, each one of those commands are individual. So you could individually, if you just want to let me revert a little bit, each one of those commands are in, individual. So for example, if you have a default setting for your agent jobs you might have those sat on your dba server mm -hmm. and then when you install a new instance you can just use copy dba agent job from that dba instance over to your new instance so you can make use of them all in in different ways be as granular as you need to be right you chance to decompose some of these pieces and spread things around or shuffle them into the new model that you want for this old database absolutely absolutely but DBA tools is, you know, is far, far more than that's, that's where it started. Right. So that's why, you know, we support all of those functionality. But there, there's so much more that, that you can do that are just the things that people want to be able to do with databases. Sure. Now, I, I think the migration tool is the, the entry drug because you're taking what is normally a stunningly hard problem, something that is stepped into very, with great trepidation and a very long word doc, and you're turning it into executable code you can run repeatedly as necessary. You know, mix this in with the tooling to stand up VMs and things yeah. so that you literally can, it's a proper CI process. That's the beauty of PowerShell, and that's why I think more 
DBAs are getting into using PowerShell mm-hmm. is because I love PowerShell because it's the glue that holds everything together. It enables me to to grab some files and interact with Active Directory and, and a SharePoint list and Azure and SQL Server and everything all in one script without needing to jump into different tooling or, you know, mess about in any way. I can just control everything all in all in that one go. And as we move forward, I think DBAs are becoming more reliant on having to do things with other technologies. I'm sure we've always needed to know about networking or clusters or yep. things like that. But mm-hmm. Now we're starting to have to, you know, learn about, you know, PaaS yes. and Azure and Amazon and, you know, cloud and all of these, you know, all of these things you're able to control with PowerShell. So actually they start using PowerShell with Azure and then think, oh, hang on, it wouldn't be cool if I could do, oh, I can. <laughs> Love it. Rob, give me one moment here to pay the bills. This episode of Run As is brought to you by SQL Intersection. Eight full-day workshops and over 40 technology-focused sessions make SQL Intersection a unique source of the best information around SQL Server from real-world consultants and members of the SQL Server team. You'll learn proven problem-solving techniques and technologies you can implement immediately, as well as learn about the future of SQL Server. Get answers to performance monitoring, troubleshooting, designing for scale and performance cloud, as well as new features in SQL Server 2016 and 2017. It's time to determine your migration strategy, and SQL Intersection is the place to figure out the best way to do it. Come to SQL Intersection at the Swan Hotel in Orlando, March 25th to 28th. Use code RUNAS to get your discount on your registration at SQLintersection.com, and we'll see you there. And we're back. You're listening to Richard Campbell. It's RUNAS Radio, talking to Rob Sewell about the DBA tools. This is 300-plus PowerShell commands, everything you possibly need to administer a SQL Server. But certainly the kingpin here is this migration tool. And I got to think that, especially when you think about CI, you're running that often just to the same version of SQL Server, just a different instance. You're going from one to the next as you deal with the, the continuous integration process, new versions of applications. Absolutely. And you can also integrate with, with DACPACs as well. Right. Yeah. So Richie has written DBA tools commands for extracting and publishing DACPACs. So now you can, you can literally, this is quite literally what I am doing professionally at the moment is enabling a company to set up SQL instances and have them configured as they want for their production, you know, like production and then publish DAC packs and, you know, have that whole CI process going through all controlled by PowerShell. So, I mean, actually increasing the redundancy reliability of your SQL server. Even if there is a new version of the app involved here, you could be using the same set of scripts to, to make those changes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think it's a challenge just to get into your head that this is not just about migrating version to version of SQL Server, not just about being part of the CI process, that DevOps experience where you're shipping the updates to the database for the application at the same time, but also your internal improvements to your, your data infrastructure can be run through this. Absolutely. And, and you can, you can set and configure any of the settings that you wish or report on them or get them back. You know, you want to, to know your jobs. Sure. Well, so great. Just quickly do get DBA agent job and put a failed flag on there. And there they are. They come back. Just to get into that mindset that your, your new event execution, your routine runs now are calling into PowerShell to do these same tasks. Just so you have consistency around all these things. Yep. And, and you can put it all into source control and you can wrap your own commands around it. And, 
you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. It's an interesting advancement that had more IT folks are talking about. And obviously DBAs fall into this equation as well now. It's like, it used to be your scripts were yours. Nobody else touched them. Nobody else would certainly run them. Yeah. This idea that we actually have a shared resource of scripts that multiple people contribute to, multiple people utilize, and that's why we need source control. I think it's a challenge for a lot of people. It's, you know, it's a new world. It is. Uh, it absolutely is a new world. I mean, for DBAs, I think in particular, because source controlling databases is hard. Mm -hmm. That's not strictly true. Source controlling database schema is quite easy. Right. But actually getting your head around the fact that we need to do it and working with the fact that when we change schema, sometimes we have to look after that important thing called data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough. In dev and test, it's nice and easy. We can, you know, make a mistake. We can blow it away. Okay. It doesn't matter. In production, we cannot do that. Yeah. Well, you get to, you can do it once. Then, then, you know, you need to dust off your resume and. I don't want you working on my bank account, please. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, there's a reason we're as conservative as we are. We are the stewards of the data of the organization. I'm, yeah, we are. You have to be responsible. We take that job very, very seriously. It's a, something that's very hard to then combine with continuous integration. Sure. Continuous delivery is, makes it significantly more difficult. Well, and one of the conversations I have when I'm talking to folks about databases and, and continuous delivery is this, can we roll back? And with databases, it's most of the time, it's like, in theory, yes. In practice, no, you roll forward. Yeah. You find the problem and you fix it and you keep moving because the cost of going back is just not worthwhile. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the devs will, will tell you, oh, yeah, we can roll back. We'll just, we'll just put the previous version of the right. app back on Bing. You know, five minutes, 10 minutes is done. With the database, it's, it's never that easy. Yeah, a teeny bit trickier. Which means you need to think about things. Sure. There is some conservatism there, but it's a good conservatism. I, you know, I'm working with organizations now where the, the app folks are doing four, five, six deploys a day, which is fine. You know, we can have the database as part of that, but most of the time it isn't changing. When we actually make changes, we spend a substantial amount of time considering the impact and, and doing some forward testing on those things. You, I don't think you can get away from that. I think it's made our lives so much more interesting. Mm -hmm. That can only be a good thing. Well, goodness knows we wouldn't want to be bored. <laughs> absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I think it's really interesting looking at the scope of the commands here to start thinking in terms of testing different layouts for a SQL server, to, to try experiment with federation, to, to be able to break up tables and things like that and build it as part of a PowerShell script and just execute it in a test environment and then tear it all down and, and try a different one, you know, try three or four different ways. Like the, normally that kind of testing takes so long and you're always worried about making configuration mistakes. This repeatability through PowerShell, I think would make a huge difference for making experiments like this. It's very interesting talking to, to somebody with a different point of view for a different viewpoint and looking at the different options that, that they come up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the, how many folks have you talked to that it's like they've got clustering working for them. They really don't want to move away from it. They don't want to look at any of the other options because it's, it's one of those sort of sacred things that are too, you're just afraid to touch. Or replication or mm -hmm. log shipping or, you know, we've, we've, we've set these things up. We've, yeah. we've invested a lot of time. We've found all the bugs that are particular to our environment and now we don't want to change. Thank you yes. very much. How, how, how beautiful would it be if you could pull all of that down into configuration? 
Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, get your existing configuration. I got to think this is the challenge. Coming into an existing, say, replicated database configuration to actually get the migration script in shape, get the creation script. And it's more than just these DBA tools, right? It's also building the VMs and configuring Windows and so forth correctly. All of those pieces that you say, I can make a copy of that. Here, look. Boom, there it is. Yeah. That's, that's got to take some time still. But once you've got it, once it's a script, you own it, that's pretty powerful. Absolutely. Once you have the capability to repeat reliably what you ha- what you want to do mm-hmm. because you have it scripted out, then suddenly making changes becomes much easier because you can make little changes very quickly and you can see the effect of them. You can measure what's been going on. You can monitor for them. And you are talking about building up scripts from bare metal to running server or bare VM to running server. Absolutely possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Exciting. Just I got used to thinking about that way about you know, databases and SQL server have been these temples for so long that you move so carefully around that to be able to get that mindset of, we can just make another one. Hell, I'll make you 10. <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different way of thinking. And I think there will always be those temples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there will always be those big monolithic SQL servers that will do very important things with massive, great databases sitting behind them that need to be loved and stroked in their own special way. (laughs) But I think there's also going to be a realization that, yeah, absolutely, we can just spin up a SQL server and run a thing and test it. And we can do it with Docker. We can do it with containers. Right. Maybe we don't want to do that for production. Yet. But hey, maybe we want to do that for dev. I remember having this conversation about virtual machines back in the beginning of VMs, where it's like, well, your application can run in VMs, but the database, that'll always be bare metal. Oh, absolutely. And it just sounds like the same words when they talk about containers. It does. I had, I've had interesting conversations with sort of developers who are right on the cutting edge of using in application land, where mm-hmm. they will literally spin up a container for six or seven seconds in production for, for a thing. And then then tear it down and throw it away. Yep. And they want to be able to do that with a database. Interesting. And I'd like, but you can't. You've got your data. You need to persist your data. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's okay. We could persist our data on disk and we can just spin up the front end when we need it. And it's like, oh, that feels terrifying to me. But equally, I can see how people will try and work a way of getting there. Yeah, I, I can see how they got there. I just don't know that I agree. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to do a lot of testing. <laughs> and even then, I still wouldn't trust it. But on the flip side, I, I was talking with, with a client that I'm working with at the moment about they need to get 150 developers, their SQL Server upgraded. And at the moment, they've got SQL Server on their local machines and 150 developers' machines. That's going to take some some effort. And when we talked, started talking about using Docker, and how we could take their two or three production databases and create Docker images of them and enable the developers to be able to spin them up and throw them away whenever they needed to. And we could refresh them. And there was a way of being able to, to refresh databases to keep the developers more up to date than they were, quicker than they were. And suddenly I was seeing not just the developers getting excited, but actually the DBAs getting excited about, oh, wow, 
we could do this. We can, we can enable this. We right. can get involved in doing this. Well, and just all of those hours of repetitively copying and duplicating and restoring, like mm -hmm. when that just gets automated, it just happens. Well, you stop resenting the developers because they can essentially self-serve. Yes. You need an instance, just run the script, man. You don't need my permission. Just run it. Absolutely. And that to me is a, a data professional is, is something that I think is, is so beautiful is being, being able to provide that sort of capability and enable people to develop and move forward with databases as quickly as they can develop and move forward with applications. You know, the other aspect in this DevOps cycle is instrumentation. Do the DBA tools poke into the side of being able to understand when a SQL server is happy or being able to log that data and pull it back as part of a, the same process? So if you're talking about monitoring, mm -hmm. then DBA tools is not monitoring. Okay. <laughs> if you're talking about checking things, then DBA tools is absolutely the thing that can enable you to check things. Okay. And in fact, it's one of the things that I love. I'm, I love Pesta from a, a unit testing, test-driven development point of view, but also from an environmental validation point of view. Because the beauty of Pesta is it's just PowerShell. Right. It's testing the results of a PowerShell command. DBA tools is 350 plus PowerShell commands. Sure. So this comes out in February, by which time it will be quite well known that there's a thing called DBA checks, which is built upon DBA tools, but runs pester checks. So if you want to know if your environment is set up in the way that you expect it to be, you can run your DBA checks. You can create a beautiful Power BI report or get yourself something emailed mm -hmm. that will be running pester against your environment with the configuration that you've chosen. So DBA tools will enable you to be able to gather that information, but not dive into the deep monitoring of, you know, how that particular query is running or what our statistics are like on this thing. Because, you know, there's plenty of people who do that very, very well. How does that fit in relation to something like desired state configuration? So I think it is possible for you to make use of desired state configuration with DBA tools to set configurations. I have a conflict I think with desired state configuration mm -hmm. because I'm still a production DBA at heart. Right. And I'm not sure that I want something changing my production SQL instance without me having some control over it. Right. And a lot of that comes from a conversation I had at, at the PowerShell conference with a developer who wanted to be able to spin up and throw away availability groups whenever he wanted to, mm -hmm. which is fine at the development level. And he wanted to push this all the way into production as a, you know, this, this would be my continuous delivery. Again, I don't have a problem with that for the delivery of the data, but when it came to actually how he was going to deal with an availability group that had fallen out of sync and out of how the DSC wanted it to be, the answer was blow it away and start again. Right. And I just said, you can't do that. Yeah. Because it's data in production, you need to know where your data is. Yeah, and and he just the, the, his code just started from node one. Right, I went right. Node node one is the one we have, and then we will recreate the availability group from that. Because in development, in test, in uh, all of those environments, that works. But I was trying to have that conversation about no. In in production, these things need to be kept very careful. So I think you absolutely could do. I'm not sure whether that's a place where people will go. Yeah, there is the SQL Server DSC project on the PowerShell gallery, but it looks pretty immature, to be honest. It's, it's only been around for a while. 
Yeah, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right, Richard. I think there's there's not been enough love given to the DSC, and I think some of that goes down to the the difficulty with persuading people that they should let something just alter their SQL instance as they need to, and also because I think Microsoft itself hasn't quite worked out who is responsible for making sure that DSC is working as expected. Right. What that actually means. It's an interesting challenge, and I guess you get back to that same point of there's a reason you're all working together on your own set of solutions here. I think you're ahead of everyone else. So going back and looking at these other solutions, other approaches, they don't have the same level of sophistication. Yeah. I don't know what that long term looks like. I don't know how you feel about that either. I mean, I, I, it's a nice open source project. Could you see a time where Microsoft just goes, yeah, you know, you should just use DBA tools? I wonder if it, if it might get to that. In the early days, we had a rule that we would not do the things that Microsoft should do. So we wouldn't have a new SQL agent job or a new DBA login or something like this, because those were the base things that, that Microsoft should be providing. And what we generally like to do is to take blog posts from professionals, from the esteemed names within the community mm-hmm. that do complicated things that you can never quite remember all of the steps. And you've got to go back and look up and see what they are and put those together and make them nice and easy so that you can just run one command and get all of Glenn Berry's diagnostic queries and run them against a particular instance without having to worry about have I got the right version because it will do it all for you. Right. You know, all of those sort of things. And that was always where we went. But with Microsoft development team being spread so thinly with so many other pools on their their requirements and with us having, you know, 100 collaborators and 350 commands, I think it's getting to a point where people are just going, well, actually... If I'm going to do this PowerShell, I'm going to use DBA tools because they do it well. Mm -hmm. And we're completely open about all of the testing and integration that we we put through so everybody can see what's going on you can you can look at the github you can see that all the tests have passed or you can see which tests have failed you can you know help if you've got problems you can jump into the slack channel which is you know remarkably busy there's always people in there so you can always get help nice. in there so i think there's a there's a much more vibrant support network about than whatever it is that's replacing microsoft's connect is it user voice? What do we get back from there? Nobody's nobody's quite sure how that's working yet, but I don't think you get the response back as quickly. Sure. No, I, I totally understand that. So how do folks get started with DBA tools? How do they? They can just come to our Slack channel. If you go to dbatools.io slash Slack, that will get you into the SQL Server community Slack channel, which will be a beautiful, amazing resource for you anyway. And then you find the DBA tools channel and come and say, hey, here I am. And then you could follow the blog post that Chrissy wrote that's on the DBA tools site about doing my first pull request that will teach you how to set up GitHub, how to fork the repository and how to write some code and how to create a pull request and all of those things that sound completely weird and bizarre when you first do them. That comes from somebody who found them completely bizarre and weird when I first did them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it does take some time to start thinking this way. Absolutely. And even just understanding what all of these different terms mean and, and how they work. I know I know of several MVPs who've contributed to DBA tools who said that without that blog post, they wouldn't have done it. Nice. Because it gave them, meant they could sit at home by themselves and go through and be beginners again and understand all of this new terminology and this techniques and how to do stuff. So uh, 
that's that's how to get involved and we'd we'd love people to come but if you don't want to come and code that's fine come and test things sure and improve our continuous integration come and improve our documentation come and help us make the website better there's all of those things to do with an open source project that we always want help from sure we've got got amazing people who who do amazing things in all of those areas of an open source project and rob where can people find you what's the best way to reach you we're going to be at some conferences in the future what's going on in your world I think a lot of people will know that I am frequently at SQL Server and PowerShell conferences. I presented nearly once a week on average last year (laughs) in some form or another. For the next year coming up, I am at SQL Bits in London in February, which is the biggest SQL conference in Europe. I'm doing a pre-con on uh, continuous integration with Alex Yates from DLM Consultants. We're doing pre-con one day. Chrissy and I are doing another pre-con on DBA tools and DBA checks. And then I have some some more sessions and SQL bits. You'll see me at the PowerShell conference in Europe. I'm doing a pre-con at SQL Saturday in Iceland in March. And I will be at SQL Grillen in Lingen in Germany in June. Awesome. And there's plenty of other places in between then as well. Rob Sewell, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Richard. Take care. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. 